are listening to a special Star Trek retrospective podcast on the HHWLOD network. I am Craig DeMonda. Joining with me this evening is Mr. Russell Latham. What's going on tonight, Russ? Hey, not much. All right. Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello. Hello. And we're joined by Anton, special guest from Dork Trek, joining us tonight. How are you, Anton? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Excellent. We're so glad to have you, too. Thanks for crossing over to the uh, HHWLOD network for a few minutes to discuss uh, a very important show. I heard you're a big fan, and that's why we got you here, uh, Star Trek Voyager. And this is actually uh, number six in a special of uh, podcast we've done. We've done a retrospective on pretty much every series uh, and some of the movies as well. So if for in honor of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And we're going to pick our top five episodes. We're going to have a little trivia mixed in. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. And, um, yeah, so here we are. We're in the Delta Quadrant, folks. And uh, this show... I know it's not as loved as others. I'm finding out. Like I'm, I mean, just just talking to you guys. I mean, even Chub Toad, for example, who was on our previous shows. He's like, man, I just never caught up with Voyager. Jim Deitch just dropped off from the other podcast. He's like, man, I'm not caught up on Voyager. It's like, so I thought it was right up there with DS9 and Next Generation. I was, I mean, as far as I was concerned, I was watching every episode. But it seems like that wasn't the case. But you guys are Voyager fans, so we're all together tonight, which is good. Indeed, so, indeed. yeah, absolutely. So let's just do this, and uh, we'll jump right in here. Uh, we're going to pick, go from our, our kind of uh, one through five episode, or five through one, I should say, our, our top five episodes of Voyager. Uh, I've got some clips we can play to kind of bring us back to that time uh, from certain episodes, and i got some trivia mixed in as well. So what do you say we jump right into it, folks? Let's do it. Sounds let's, good to me. Let's do it. Set a course for home. So, all right, number five. Russ, go in order. Start with you. What was your number five episode? Uh, my number five was the series finale, Endgame. Ooh, okay. Ooh, good choice. Mm, that I, is I a thought, good choice. I thought it was a really strong finish. I mean, you know, the whole point of the show is how do they get home? How do they get home? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they actually did a pretty good job of of telling that story because I was really worried, uh, you know, that that maybe this buildup wasn't gonna uh, live up to the hype, but but they they told it was a really and it was it was an interesting way to tell it too, you know, with time travel and everything else, which I wasn't really expecting. So uh, so yeah, that was my number five. Very good choice. Nice I mean, contrast too to seeing the younger uh, Janeway and the older Janeway kind of have to mix philosophies of you know mm-hmm. kind of questioning why you did what you did because it was your fault that we're. Your decision is what made us have to be out here in the Delta Quadrant like this. I mean, it definitely, yeah, it, it, it kind of came full circle. I, mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, it's on my list as well, quite a bit higher up, though, but I thought that it was the best series finale out of all the series. Ooh, I don't know, all good things. Ugh, all good things is really good. This is a big story, though. I mean, I know all good things was, yeah. was cool and the, the cue and the, the anomaly and whatever, but I mean... Voyager does have a really nice wrap up, though. I mean, it does the whole set of course for home. Let's go home. Like the, we can't retrace our steps, but at the same time, we kind of can. I mean, I kind of see what you're saying. It is a really strong from a storytelling perspective. It is a really strong ending. Let's just uh, I'll, let's just get into it. I was going to save it, but let's just play a clip right now from um, from Endgame to get us kind of in the in the mood. Let's do that right now. did it. 
We're being hailed. Unscreen. Sorry to surprise you. Next time we'll call ahead. Welcome back. It's good to be here. How did you... It'll all be in my report, sir. I look forward to it. Thanks for your help, Admiral Janeway. Sick bay to the bridge. Doctor to Lieutenant Paris. There's someone here who'd like to say hello. You better get down there, Tom. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Chicote. The helm. Hi, Captain. Set a course for home. And there we go. Uh -huh. I mean, and that book ended really the first episode, uh, yep. Caretaker, where she said the same exact words at the end of the episode, set a course for home. And uh, just a great story. I mean, all that Borg technology and Admiral oh, Janeway. Yeah. God, that was such a great, great episode. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good choice. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was yeah. On, it's on my uh, my it's five. My, okay, it's on probably my most of our five, so that's good. It's on my five. All right, so Daryl, what was your number five? Mine was flashback. Flashback. Uh, yeah, the, the old Excelsior uh, one, huh? Yeah, I enjoyed that one. That was when you find out Tuvok was on the ship during the, the Star Trek Undiscovered Country. Yeah. Uh, Film. Which is pretty cool. It's a cool little tie back. Yeah. Although he was in like Star Trek uh, the Generations too, wasn't he? But it wasn't too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't but it him wasn't though. Tupac. It was like a human nah. version too. Okay. Yeah, it was a human version. And Tupac <laughs> was a dick back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he had wasn't to he call always? himself I mean, on okay. it. Like, but he was worse. He really <laughs> had to call himself on it. Like he really uh, <laughs> like when they were when the decision was made to uh, kind of go and help Kirk F the what Starfleet says, because that's your boys. Uh, Tuvok was like, uh, "No, you're not, you're supposed to follow regulation." And this was uh, kind of he brings uh, Janeway, which is his uh, homie on the ship. That's his closest friend on the ship. Kind of brings him through that uh, whole little journey. I think it was kind of kind of cool how they were able to do it. You know, have a mind meld, and and you kind of get to see that, and and kind of see how Tuvok. Uh, was back then when he quit and came back and did security. So yeah, it, uh, it was it was funny. It was it was uh, it was a funny thing because everyone looked at him. They used a lot of the older, you know, the the uh, the older uh, actors and stuff from uh, characters. They got the whole crew back, didn't yeah, they? Pretty they got much, the, most of yeah. the whole crew yeah. back, and and it was just funny to see that everybody was gung ho to do the right thing, and and you you know you help your boys. You don't you don't leave your your people out there like that. Um, and it's such a such a and they they talk about that timeline. They talk about that time in in Trek history like we were just barbarians back they then. They were cowboys. They just, <laughs> they just did what they wanted. They just ran and, and just uh, you know they were cowboys acting crazy. And and, and uh, Kang was in the episode too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, on yeah. Selma, yeah, he was in there. And sure, that was, that was good. a good that one. Was my number three. 
Okay, well there you go. So yeah. uh, was this wasn't this episode tied to like an anniversary or something? Wasn't it the twenty thirtieth anniversary of Trek, I believe, or there was something they did Had special. Be, that's why they yeah, did ninety six. Yeah, it was ninety six, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, it was the thirtieth. Yeah. yeah, so they did. I know they, they brought obviously you know Sulu back and uh, you know the whole cast there. So and even uh, what Yeoman Rand, what Commander Rand was in there. Yeah, Grace Lee Whitley. Uh, Grace Lee Whitley. Yeah. yeah, they brought a lot yeah. of the old cast back on oh, that yeah. one. The, oh yeah. Uh, it's oh, funny. Yeah. I, I was looking through the IMDb uh-huh. and one of the things on the trivia said. This episode was gonna be um, was supposed to be a backdoor pilot to make a show about Captain Sulu and oh yeah uh, that's right and, and Rand mm-hmm. and and do it that way set during that time like after Star Trek Six but right. they they decided to back away from it probably I don't know I guess maybe cost and that's when they decided to go full bore with uh, with Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so that 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 wasn't the prequel. The Enterprise was their prequel that they wanted. Okay, right, right. Yeah, interesting. No, good, good one. That's a good one. Anton. Uh, my episode five is actually um, season four, episode four, the, or episode 24, Demon. The Demon Ooh, Planet episode. That's a good oh. one. Yeah. I, I really liked the um, uh, kind of the, the moral dilemma that you run into. I mean, you get your classic almost uh, Lost in Space style storyline where they're running out of power. They're having to shut down the replicators. They're having to shut down different parts of life support. Everybody's kind of living in these crappy conditions where they're taking away their belongings and you know, great blankets. Great mode. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just, they're just shutting down. You know, there's even the, the funny bit where Neelix is in the, um, in the med bay and him and the doctor are going back and forth. But I really, I like the kind of weird dilemma that you get into with the silver blood of the mm. planet gaining consciousness, um, from, uh, Tom and, uh, Kim, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and how it, it, kind of starts to think and learn and then it doesn't want to let them leave because it wants to continue to have sentience. Mm. And so uh, Janeway kind of flea bargains this deal at the end where she's like, you know what, let me talk to my crew. We'll give you some of our DNA. That way you can keep essentially clones of us here and we'll get back on our mission. Knowing that she's leaving essentially the memories and, and lives of her people here, uh, almost time like, capsule. Yeah. yeah, like a time capsule. Like when when you pause a video game and save it, and then you do another save afterwards yeah. uh, from a different point, you can kind of go back to that original point and save. So there's on this planet now a microcosm uh, that will grow and continue of the members of that crew that they could kind of always go back and see what would happen if they had decided to stay on a planet and not continue on home. But did they, they wrap up that storyline with another episode? Yeah, um, yeah, it does. It comes right. up late. Um, uh, but I, I, I really I like the way that they started. Um, I, I think it's kind of brilliant. When, if, which one was the episode where they closed it up? I can't remember. And the ship name. falls apart, and they had this this enhanced warp drive, and and then the yeah, Tom and Bolana, right. Tom and Bolana got married, but they you thought they got married, but they didn't get married yeah. yet. It was like this. Yeah, the rice was falling through the floor. It was and, melting. It was right. All, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, because the silver blood's getting sick. I forget the name of the episode, but yes. Right. And, and that one's like interesting because I thought they just copied the people. But apparently they duplicated the ship too somehow because, mm-hmm. like when on the end of Demon, right? The, the the ship flies off the planet, but you see all the people standing there on the planet, all the you know the cloned people. But then and they're in clothes and everything, so right. you know that they didn't replicate it because they didn't have powers to power the replicators. So and the I mean, silver blood was cloning the spacesuits and everything else. So basically everything that thing the blood touched 
it could clone, but it wasn't stable. And that's when it starts falling apart when we, we revisit it later. Right. And it was interesting the way they tied it up because actually they just assumed Voyager's mission and went on their way to the Alpha Quadrant. It's kind of funny. And um, and then what was it? This enhanced warp drive or something was emitting some radiation that destroyed them. And it was a, it was a cool episode, that one, too. But I know Demon was definitely a good one. Definitely a good one. 100%. My number five was, this is a funny one, because I like some of the funny ones with the doctor, Tinker Tenor, Dr. Spy. <laughs> I love that. I mean, he sings that song about Tuvok uh, going through the pond far. <laughs> Come on, that, you had me right there. Done. Sold. That, that's it. It's on, it's on my top five. <laughs> Great choice, great choice. So, I gotta, it's such a character-building episode, too. Oh, it's so it really is. And you learn a lot about the Doctors, what motivates him. And there's some good moments between him and Janeway. And, and just, it's... I'll, I'll play a little clip from it uh, so we can kind of get into that, that mode right now. Janeway to security. Get a team to the mess hall right away. Stand back. He's been seized by the Pond Farm. <laughs> a neurochemical imbalance is driving him to mate. We won't be able to reason with him. Tuvok, I understand. You are a Vulcan man. You have just gone without for seven years about. Paris, please find a way to load a hypo spray. I will give you the sign. Just aim for his behind. Hormones are raging. Synapse is blazing. It's all so One more scene. I like where he becomes the emergency command hologram. You'll see that in a second. Computer, activate the emergency command hologram. <laughs> this is the part I like. The little the little pips go up on his collar, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> you will be assimilated over my dead program. Computer, activate the photonic cannon. The photonic cannon is online. Fire. Just destroys the Borg sphere. See you later. <laughs> Isn't that also the one where he um he's like he's doing the painting thing, right? And it's got the seven of nine in it. Yes, like he's painting, painting seven of nine. Seven nine. That's correct. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. doing some nude nude uh, yeah portraits of her. That's correct. He has so some love on that hologram uh, on the. Uh... But it's really good. I mean, and uh, at the end, you know, Janeway commissions the study to actually make the emergency command hologram real at that point. Yeah. And, and, and I think towards the end of the season, the series, we see him. Uh, I forget which episode it was. It was a two-parter, I believe, or something. Well, he had to take over or something. Mm -hmm. He took over. Him and Harry Kim yeah. had the ship by themselves. Or maybe yep. it was, was it Workforce, I think it was. Maybe it was one of those, yeah, where they kind of took over the ship and they were, they were running the show. But uh, I don't know. I just love that one. So that's number five. All right, so let's do some quick uh, Voyager trivia. We'll make it easy. This is much easier than I've usually done, guys. All right, I usually have kind of been a little tough on the trivia. So um, let's see here. I'll throw this one to Russ. So Russ, hmm. in which episode was Kess possessed by a dead dictator? Maybe it wasn't so easy after all. No, no. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I'm not really good with the whole... Uh, specific episodes uh, kind of thing. I mean, I haven't watched... 
I mean, I watched Voyager when it first came on, right? Uh, and then I rewatched it. Uh, it was kind of it was weird when I was making the transition from Netflix disc. To, oh, okay. I put it online yet? Uh, so it's been probably I would say like six years ago is the last time I watched Voyager like start to finish. Uh, so I, I I know the episode you're speaking of. I I just I couldn't name it. Well, let's toss it up to anyone in the group that wants to buzz in. They can steal uh, the, steal it. I, will, I don't remember. Uh, no, I feel like Anton uh, for the steal. Uh, it wasn't. It was in season one, right? I think it was two or three. Actually, okay. Then I don't. I don't know if I remember. I remember with two, the guy. No, is it? Oh, it's the oh, it's the guy with the, the like the nodules above his nose. Yeah. Um, and the big, he has like the big poofy Bob Ross kind of fro thing going yeah. on. His hair's like really matted. Oh, I don't remember the the episode, but the guy's name was like, I know this is probably wrong, but it was like Tyrion. No, you're right. It's like Ty- Tyrion or something like that. Listen, yeah. He got more right. than we would have gotten. So. All right. So you, you, you're, you're painting around it, but the episode's name was Warlord. Warlord! Oh. Yeah, so I thought I was making easier ones here. I guess I'm not. I'm still picking the hard oh, ones for you guys. Oh, I can't remember them names like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Good uh, Good try there, guys. So, number four, top episode. Russ, what do you got? Uh, my number four... Uh, my number four was actually uh, Future's End. So it was a two-parter. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it kind of... So it took place in 1996. They traveled to 96. Again, I think it was part of this 30th anniversary Trek thing. Uh, it kind of... It reminded me in some ways of Star Trek Four, which I, I love, mm-hmm. in that the crew went back to the current time. Like... You know, we've seen – I mean they did it in the original series. When they went back in time, they actually went back to, to the 60s. Gary um, Seven and, and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then in, in Star Trek uh, four, they went back to, to 1986. And then uh, in Future's End, they go back to 1996. And it was this two-parter set in San Francisco again. Um, and it involved, of course, time travel and somebody trying to manipulate time and, and stuff like that. It was just – I thought it was a really – Really well done, uh, two part episode. Ed Beakley Jr. Uh, guest starred in that one. Yeah, 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 it was pretty good. I, Captain Braxton and the time ships and everything. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was a good two parter. Yeah, and, and that's where the doctor got his um, his uh, mobile emitter at that point. Yeah, because they ran out of stuff to do without him having that emitter. Like, that changed yeah. everything. Only, that changed yeah. everything for the doctor. Yeah, there's right only there. so much you can do with him being stuck. I mean, they transferred him to Sandrine's. How many times? Like, how many times can you do that? Right? He goes to the yeah. bar and he goes back to sick bay. You know, that's yeah. it, right? Yeah, they, they had to move him out a little bit <laughs> so he can do away missions. That was a good one in the 29th century. And we see a follow-up to that episode, too, um, where Captain Braxton reappears as a different actor, but uh, where they recruit Seven to Nine and, and uh, Captain Janeway, right? What was that one called again? I forget that one, but uh, that was like in the sixth season, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Daryl. Daryl, what was your number four? Uh, mine was Scorpion. Was Scorpion. Part one and two. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's when you got Species, what, uh, 8472. 8472, right. baby. Yeah. And, and, and it had Janeway and Jacote fighting. The couple was fighting again because Janeway wanted to work with the Borg and, and Jacote uh, wanted to run away. The coward. That's right. To run away and. and uh, there was a lot of conflict with that, and then you got uh, you, you you find you got seven of nine. That was when they right. brought her into the show, and because they needed some uh, some more sexy, so but, they but, added but. added her to it. And they, and they were, certainly got it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and they're moving Kess out. She uh, she yeah uh, she didn't 
wasn't she doing last. it. She didn't no, no. So they didn't have much to do with her anymore. And and this kind of changed the show completely. It did 100%, change the show. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Changed the focus Changed the Borg. The it changed everything. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, was, uh, it was totally like she was the star of that show. Man. She uh, basically I, took over. Janeway was not fooling around on Scorpion Part 1. Right. And then, of course, when 7 to 9 gets introduced. But that, that was a cliffhanger, man. That was I mean, When you see that end scene where the Borg is towing... Voyager away from oh, that yeah. planet and oh, yeah. got blown up. It's like, oh my god! It's like, and then Voyager's on. I mean, uh, Janeway's on the on the Borg cube and she's trying to negotiate with the Borg. It's like, what? I mean, it was just crazy, but it was good. It was really well written. Oh yeah, it was. It was good. It was a good conflict because uh, Janeway and Jacoti have two different styles of of command. And that was consistent throughout the series, though, which yeah. I kind of like that. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. like Riker and Picard, all right, they didn't really brush up against each other. He just supported him pretty much 100%. But Chicote right. had his own way of doing things. You're right. And, and sometimes if Janeway pushed it too far, he'd push back and say, whoa, no, 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 no. We're not well, doing that. Well, it's funny because he's the Maquis and right. she's uh, more Starfleet, but she would be the one to push it. Like she did, she pushed the envelope more than he did. He kind of wanted to play it safe. He wanted to go. Let's go find a planet and just settle down. Let yeah, the, let's let the Borg fight this thing out. Right? I'm not going to mess with the Borg. That's it, right? Yeah. He wanted to marry the captain and, and hang out on the planet. That's right. <laughs> Catch that mosquitoes. Yeah, that's man, right. that Chicote, He was in that friend zone for seven years. He was friend zone for a while. Right? <laughs> but listen, he had the so, last laugh. The who did he end up with? Yeah, man, he all fell right. into that one. He 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 had the last laugh. So all right, you know, yeah. he was friend zone, but he ended up with the right one, right? Sure did. <laughs> right on, baby. Anton, what was your number four? Uh, my number four was actually uh, season three, episode four or episode fifteen, Hunters. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it the Herogen Her- was introduced? Is that the one? Um... Yeah. Yeah. Were they hunting eight four seven two in that one or no? Was that, no, no. That's no. the where. Um, that's the one where the there's like the weird predator knockoffs, and they're hunting. Uh, or it, it's like the hunter part is like a B story, and they're talking about um, the, all the letters are coming in from the neuro relays. Oh and, yeah, they're, they're at the that that station that was relaying the signal from Starfleet, right? right? Okay. And so they're downloading all the different letters that are coming in. You find out about Paris's dad, like Tom's dad, right? Uh, and Jacote is telling Torres about like the Maquis being yeah. destroyed by the Kardashians, and there's kind of some nods to stuff going on at DS9. Right, uh, the, the Dominion. Uh, well, the Maquis was destroyed, right, by the uh, Dominion at that point. Found out everything. That's what I yeah. always wondered. Like, are they gonna update the uniforms now? Right, they, I always uh, wondered that. Like, uni- and they never did. Like it's they so transmit cool. the, the. Here's our new uniforms, guys. You can replicate these, right? Like they never did yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because they they said that they downloaded like almost all of the the, the underlying uh, subtext that was in there, and I just thought like from an episode perspective, kind of I remember being a little kid and watching it, or being like a young you know kid and watching it, and uh, and thinking like oh these space guys are going to come in with their knives and you know your very action figure looking outfits and they're going to kidnap the crew and I was very familiar with the Predator alien kind of franchises because there were all the action figures and stuff coming out and these hunter guys were very much in that vein and that's what you see at the beginning of the episode they're painting their faces with like war paint and stuff right and, and, and then there's nothing they were huge. to do with these guys for mm-hmm. most of the I would say 90% of the episode and then uh, Tuvok and Seven get kidnapped and put in like weird bondage gear and yeah. then uh, and then they just kind of get away yeah. And, and and they right. don't do anything else with it, and it's all just character building. It's it's all of the characters kind of expressing 
different emotions from receiving information from home because it's been, I think, like four years at this point or something. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. Because that, the, the doctor went crazy. right because the doctor went a couple episodes before, and then this is like a couple episodes after where right. that same network they transmitted some letters and that and a lot of information and stuff back to the Voyager. And the doctor keeps talking about how he was instrumental in doing this and how he's going to get an award and how he's <laughs> going to be studying all about him. Yeah, he's the modern face of medicine and uh, all this other stuff. And it was. I just thought it was a really cool character building episode. It, it always, when I think about this show, that's one of the first episodes that jump in my head because I feel like it really gives you an idea of who the cast is, or at least the characters they're portraying. Yeah, because Janeway gets a letter from Mark. That's yeah. actually yeah, that's like the first and, and time. He talks yeah. about the puppies and how he's moved on. And right, he married stuff. a secretary or something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the woman he works with, like she's really upset by. It. And it's funny because Chicote is sitting there on the couch with her, and he's like, you know. You you can have your own life and and live your own way and do your own thing and she's just like no I have too much work to do and he's yeah, like, still in the friend there. zone right Daryl yeah she's he's still friend oh, zone yeah, yeah. Still <laughs> hard 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 lining him man it's hard oh man that's actually a good you're right that's a great episode and actually you know the threat of the Hirogen I think was supposed to be greater because they were huge like the actors they cast were like seven and a half feet tall right they were monstrous and the way they ended it I think where like Janeway opened up a black hole by destroying the station or whatever it is and the ships got sucked into the black hole I mean that was we still could have had a serious threat from the Hirogen but they never really materialized into a major threat from Voyager because they didn't care about uh, taking over they just like sport yeah, and, and they wanted to collect like intestines and other mm-hmm. weird yeah you know, trophies, like, yeah. trophies, trophies. Yeah, right. Adorn my hole. Yeah, I mean, and then they had that two-parter with the Hirogen. Remember that? That was pretty cool. The uh, yeah. it was a killing game, right? Yeah, when they just took them and just they didn't care about having the ship. They just want them to keep fighting in the hall in the uh, holodeck. That's right, all they wanted, they and that was pretty. cool. But they weren't seven right. feet tall anymore. They were like normal size actors. Right, and, that's a, yeah. and they weren't wearing those cool like uh, like old school face masks they had on originally. Right, yeah. and they had not. They were wearing Nazi uniforms. So there you go. Yeah, that's it. Really <laughs> weird. Seven to nine is singing. Singing. That's it. All right, cool. That's a good one. Uh, my number four was season two uh, episode. It was called Deadlock. And, and that was the one I just the pace of this episode got me because you know I, it was there wasn't many pace this well at this point in the series and it's like the action never stopped with this episode it's where Voyager got split into two and one of the ships is getting really damaged and destroyed Ensign Kim gets sucked into space the mm-hmm. the baby's getting born the the Vidians are coming I mean there's so much happening here and it it's just a really good season two episode I it's actually just a great Voyager episode actually I mean you see a lot of things happening from an action perspective and you learn a little bit about Janeway and the way she thinks and I just thought it was a pretty cool episode to uh, to add to my top five. No, I mean, that's a really killer episode. I remember uh, y- y- it's always interesting in Trek episodes, especially ones like these, you get to see uh, cast members that you're kind of familiar with, um, horribly things happening and then how the rest of the crew would react without them having to deal with kind of the consequences. It's almost a like a retcon comic style thing because I mean that was the episode where like Tuvok got all burned up well, and like well Kim Tuvok got shot by the Vidians uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Tom Paris was killed Ensign right. Kim was sucked into space the baby died right this so, happened like, a lot in Voyager especially but it was all in the other ship and then the other one yeah, yeah so yeah. I got a little clip from that you can hear it but there's one little part at the end where Janeway says welcome to the bridge it's my favorite I, that's what that's what made it number four on my list when she self-destructs the, uh, the ship you can listen to it here Commander. They've got everything below deck five, and I don't know how much longer we can keep them away from the bridge. Mr. Kim, how many Vidians are there on the ship? 347 and more are boarding. They're outnumbered two to one. 
I've got an incoming subspace signal. It's from the other Voyager. They must have reestablished the comlink. On screen. Captain, this comlink might not last much longer. What's happening over there? We've been boarded. The Vidians are on the verge of taking over our ship. Are they on yours? No. We don't think they can detect our ship. Captain, we can have a security detachment cross the spatial rift and board your ship within five minutes. No. If we do that, the Vidians might become aware of your Voyager. That would put both ships at risk. We can't just stand by and let you all be killed. I'm not about to let that happen. I'll destroy this ship. I don't suppose there's any way I can change your mind. I know how stubborn you can be. <laughs> but there is something else I can do for you. I'm going to send Harry Kim through the rift with Ensign Wildman's baby. Somehow, it seems only fair. We'll be waiting for them. Just make me a promise, Catherine. Get your crew home. I will. I will. Here it is. <laughs> I'm Captain Catherine Janeway. Welcome to the bridge. Uh. Commander. <laughs> right out of Star Trek Three, huh? That's it, right? <laughs> they see the countdown on the on the on the screen. Oh yeah, it's very search for Spock. Yeah, most definitely. Get out uh, of there! Oh, you know it. That's a lot of search for Spock. <laughs> right there. Mm -hmm. But it was so cool. Like she says, uh, "Welcome to the bridge." Boom. That's it. Uh, see you later. I just, I don't know. For season two, it was a really good episode. If you haven't watched that one in a while, folks, uh, just check it out because it's a really good one. All right, number three now, Russ. Oh, actually, let's do some quick trivia. Uh, all right, let's see if this is a tough one. Uh, Daryl, you're up for trivia. Uh, what? I have to make one real quick because you know it's coming up. I know it's coming up. Okay. What, what beings do Chakotay's tribe worship? And this is from an episode of of uh, of Voyager. And there's two yeah, names. That's Space Native Americans episode. I exactly. And there's two names for them, okay? there's uh, just, All right. I don't remember. I, I don't. And I just watched that episode last week. I don't <laughs> uh, I'm killing you guys. All right. Anyone else right. for the, for the toss-up? They're the spirit beings, right? The sky yeah. spirits. I'll take sky, that. Yeah. Sky spirits or the rubber tree people. Oh, you would have right. took sky spirits? I'll take that. Oh, damn it. I said there was oh, two well. answers. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. So, again, Tom gets a point for that. Excellent. All right. Let's go on to number three. Russ, what do you got? My, my number three was flashback. So Okay. So we, we talked about that. It's a great yep. one. Excellent episode. Uh, Daryl, you're number three. Uh, Year of Hell. Part one and two. Ooh. Oh. Okay. That one's Do on it. my list too, but much, much higher. Yeah, with, when they do Kurt time. Wood, huh? Kurtwood Smith. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Okay. We mess with time. Again, we have a. Again, we get to see all the bad, terrible things happen to. Uh, to Janeway and her crew, and of course, it's fixed at the end, and and we it have was another core man. It was hardcore, it was a hardcore stuff, episode. Tuvok was blinded, right? See. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. then and again, Chakotay kind of kind of was like, <laughs> "I'm gonna sit in the cut and, and, and work with the bad guy." Like he was kind of like, "Just just get my people here, and we'll be fine." And, we'll, and we'll, Tom we'll... Paris is trying to set him straight. He's like, "Come on, man, what are you doing? These guys yeah, are crazy." Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, it. The thing so. the thing with that episode is you know their their journey home is so long yep. that you're like maybe they will <laughs> maybe they will just do a jump like like a maybe, year in one episode right like they could yeah right? yeah it's true like, maybe this quote gets fixed 
but by fixed meaning like the ship gets kind of put back together and like you know things kind of resolve that way but the, the year not a reset not a reset yeah, back to the beginning yeah, of the story right okay yeah so it kind of had you wondering because it, uh, i you know you, you just didn't know and and so you know obviously as as the the two-parter went on and things kind of got crazier you figure okay they're they're gonna find a way to reset this but you know when it first starts and it's going on you're thinking well maybe maybe they're just gonna you know do some time jumps instead of you know what they did a lot was uh you know oh we found this piece of technology or this wormhole or this thing that you know shaved x number of years off our trip home or you know whatever so Right, they did that throughout the series a little bit. They, yeah, they, well, they, yeah. Did, they did Kes some shaving. Yeah, Kes saved uh, Kes, them a couple of, uh, you know, like Kes took away. ten years off. I think when she yeah, yeah. she morphed he into took, it. Yeah, she took ten. They had that catapult that they found. They did uh, the quantum slipstream thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had little yep. little tricks to get them closer to home. That's true, but uh, yeah, that was a good one. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of you got some seven to nine Tuvok. Uh, She's carrying him around. It's caring for him. Acting because he went blind. He went, yeah, she went felt there. guilty that he went blind and was trying to help him out. Yeah, it was good. So he had like that the, braille thing, like he was on the tactical thing, and it's uh, yeah. You got to see the you got to see kind of the pairings of, of certain characters you don't see as much. Uh, you didn't see as much before that, and, and I think it, you know it things were out. bad when Neelix is in a security uniform too, right? You know. You oh know yeah, things- <laughs> they're, they're asked. They're asked when Neelix is in. Uh, if they got to go recruit him, then Tuvok's yeah. at his wit's end. All right, fine. Your security. Congratulations. And, and you it. got Chakotay, uh, Lieutenant Friendzone, trying to uh, <laughs> give uh, Captain Janeway a watch. And she was like, oh, melt it down. He was like, what? It's a pair of boots. It's a pair of boots, Commander. He's oh, like, but, but boo, I've been saving this for you. Boo, it's like, I, I didn't eat for years, three weeks. Like, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you, girl? She liked that watch, though. She wore that thing, man. That was yeah, it. She did. She did. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here, Daryl. I guess you're next. What was your name? Oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Anton. Anton. Uh, Parallax. I know it's a weird Parallax. choice. No way. Are you oh, serious? Season no. one episode? Really? Works, Season one episode. Uh, it, I, I mean, it was uh, maybe episode two, maybe episode three, depending on if it's you like, want to view the episode. You know, the first episode is a two-parter, a single, just longer episode. I see what you're saying, right? Yeah. But I, but I really dig Parallax. I, I think it's wow. It's, my thing is character development. I love character development, and I think this kind of sets a lot of tones. I love that Jacote in this episode straight up says, I'm not going to be a token. Like, right. literally the words he uses. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's very strong language, especially throwing that on TV uh, at the time. I thought that mm-hmm. was a brilliant thing for him to say. He came out and was like, don't, don't label me, um, which I love. I like the whole Maquis kind of thing. It's, a, it's, it's kind of them hinting at what's going to come later. When you learn that the that one chick is a um, a Kardashian spy, Seska, yeah, yeah, she's in this episode. She's in yep. a different uniform, I think, but she's this. It's yeah, the she's same in a character. blue one, but same thing. Yeah, she's still. Yeah, yeah. and right. she's talking about. Um, you know, they're talking about they're going to do the mutiny, and I just feel like this really it does a great job of kind of setting the tone for the show because Janeway's very hard nosed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, I don't think the writers are letting her kind of get out of her box yet. Oh no, yeah, she was straight Starfleet. She was. That's it. Yeah, one hundred percent. But I feel like it's it's still strong because you get. You get kind of these really good moments, uh, facial expressions. You get a lot of good acting moments in it. I just, I think it's a great episode. It's one this of my favorites. Is, this is where Bolana's chosen to be the the chief engineer the against chief engineer, over, yeah. over, over over Carrie, I believe it was, wasn't it, uh, Lieutenant Carrie, right? And he's the one that she breaks. Uh, she, she breaks, breaks his nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're doing the whole thing where at the end he like shakes her hand and he's like, "I will only give you my best." 
he was good. And then they killed him off like in season seven. It's like he made it that far. Yeah, you know what I mean? He made it all yeah. the way through the series. You know, it's so funny how Chakotay is like, he was so much a boyfriend. I'm sorry, but he just acted like a boyfriend. Like when they were having problems with well, she had a crush Baki, on him. Yeah, and he basically was like, for Janeway, these the few of them wouldn't act right, and and Jacote's like, they won't act right. All right, I'll take care of it. And he goes, and he's like, and they're complaining about they can't tell us what to do. F Starfleet, we're not part of Starfleet. And he sits down and he punches him in the uh, face. That, that was like, in, that was another episode. That was like in yeah. uh, what was it? Uh, I don't know what that was called, but uh, yeah, Dolby was the guy's name, right? He that punches was when him. Tuvok was like effing with all of them. Yeah. And, yep. and basically, he said, "And I will come here every day, and I will knock you out every day." <laughs> he gives him like a so left he, hook too. He's sitting there drinking the drink, yeah. right? He kind of just punches him he across the face. He said, yeah. "My boo said, my boo said, <laughs> my boo y'all gonna get it, get it together, and that's what you're gonna do because I will come here every single day, and I will do it the Maki way. That means punch you in your face, Dolby. He did it just like a boyfriend. Like, don't you ever say you're not gonna listen to the captain. Don't you ever do that in front of me." Oh, that's good. That's great. So my number three uh, was Timeless. Ooh. And oh. yeah, you guys probably forgot about it's it. On but, my list. All right. Well, that was the 100th episode, I believe. And that was a big deal. This was directed by LeVar Burton. And this is one of the best Voyager episodes out there. It's I my mean, number one. Okay. Well, there you go. We're getting to it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's awesome. Just a great, great oh, episode. So good. So uh, good. I mean, the, the Harry Kim and going back in time and the Doctor coming back. And you see mm-hmm. Captain LaForge again, like we talked about Lafort, before. Yeah. yeah, he's on the Challenger. Galaxy class. Look at him, you know, being Kim, the captain now. Kim had to give, he had some real character moments. In yeah. That he was, was good with the long fault. hair. Yeah. Because he was desperate. He was like, I want to go home. Well, and, and it was his fault. Yeah, right, and he but he fixed it in the end. And he then, fixed it in the end, yeah. Right, yeah. and then that little message he sent to himself, and and you know there was a little nice moment between Janeway and Kim. She goes from Harry Kim to Harry Kim, and she gives him the message. And uh, so, uh, remember that uh, dinner? Remember uh, Janeway was yeah. like, "All right, we about to go home. All right, yeah, what you doing? You gonna have dinner with me? This is you our last our last night in the Delta Quadrant, buddy." That's and she <laughs> bends over to him. Right, remember at dinner? She bends over, she, touches his face, a little she touches bit, his cheek. A little wine, he had a little wine. Looks in the eyes and just says something really sweet and walks away. And I'm like, are they gonna go there? Are they gonna finally? Because it was a special episode. Like it, it was, was a special not... one. Yeah. I was like, are they gonna cross the the threshold of friend zone? <sighs> this is just crazy. I mean, I, I'm surprised that she did it though with that slipstream thing. It's like they ran the, the simulations. It's like, whoa, this thing is not gonna work. They're gonna die. But they did it anyway because you she know she wanted to go home. She wanted. She, she had enough. She had to, I'm done with the Delta Quadrant. Tired. She, I had enough. Done enough. This Borg are bothering me. He's a Rogan hunting me. I got these, yeah, these Kazons like, flying around. I got. It's like it's time to get back. <laughs> I mean, time to hook up with Jacote now. I can hook up with him, and I don't have to worry about being his captain anymore. We can get other jobs. <laughs> You have a relationship. You know, I love how you make it all about the relationship. It's kind of funny. It's little, because they it's so, it. so many rewatching these episodes. There are so many times where it was a lot about their relationship because it wasn't a Riker or um, it wasn't about Riker, Riker or Picard, and it wasn't Cisco and and Kira. Uh, right. Like or, it was different. Even though it was a man and woman, it was different. With but they them. played it well. They, they played it tight though. The they didn't, they didn't they go too far. They, yeah, they didn't go too far with it though. They kept it they tight. They didn't go too yeah. far. Yeah. But you know, if they were not captain and if they were not on the same ship and they met each other, they probably would have dated. Yeah, because possibly. they had that connection with each other. They had chemistry, like they, they had they had that connection. A little on something, that. a little something, something, you yeah. know. Uh, 
All right. So uh, moving along, let's see. Number two, uh, Russ. What was your number two? Non sequitur. Non sequitur. That's where Ensign Kim goes back to San Francisco, right? Where yeah, he thinks yeah, he's trying to convince everybody that he that the Voyager was stuck and lost and you know all that and everybody thought he was crazy and then he thought he was crazy. I just like episodes like that. So it was kind of time travel-y, but not really time travel-y. Right. Um, right. Alternate just, reality type of thing. Yeah, yeah. and just, you know, because you're, you're, again, it's making you think, like, okay, what is it? Is Did they send him back? Is it, you know, some kind of weird, you know, mind control? You know, it. Just, I like episodes that kind of keep you guessing. And mm-hmm. when the main character in of the episode, which in this one was, was Harry Kim, was just really going through, you know, a, a crazy time uh, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you know he's just obviously trying to keep from going completely insane and, and off the deep end so I, I like that one a lot he had some crazy episodes remember the one with the yes. black widow spider people oh the women the Teresian. yeah okay that's right sitting there getting high and, and having then, threesomes remember that yeah yeah oh, come on like, harry sit back and enjoy baby that's it you're Teresian. Yeah, yeah i'm tired of being an insect <laughs> i want to have some fun i want to be like tom that's <laughs> oh, having all the fun. They had a, quite a few episodes where they talked about it. Like, I admire you, and Tom would say, I, I want to be more like you. I've done my playing game. <laughs> no, that was a good one. I, I remember also where he, he finds Tom Paris, and they actually bust a, like a, a prototype runabout away from Starfleet. Like, there was some cool action in that yeah. episode, too. It was yeah. good. And you see Admiral Hayes. In that one, and uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, it was good. No, that was a, that was a pretty good one. You mean you mean his wife? I mean his wife is, I guess, fiance or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, and, she gets uh, forgotten real quick, though. Yeah, yeah. Libby, yeah. Libby, right? That's yeah. it. Okay, cool. Uh, Daryl, what was your number two? My number two was Equinox. Ah, uh, Captain Ransom. That. Love Captain Ransom, man. Yeah. <laughs> he loved him since seven to nine. Didn't he he, he did. We're going home. He said, ooh, seven and nine. We're going home. In fact, I have a little, a little clip from Equinox. Let's play that right now. Yeah. What happens to Voyager? They have weapons, shields, a full crew. They'll survive. Maybe we should abandon ship. Try to forget everything that's happened here. Shower and a hot meal. <laughs> I guess that's all it takes for some of us to forget what's at stake here. We're going home. We can't let Voyager stop us now. <laughs> We're this close. We're going home. We traveled over 10,000 light years in less than two weeks. We'd found our salvation. How could we ignore it? By adhering to the oath you took as Starfleet officers to seek out life, not destroy it. It's easy to cling to principles when you're standing on a vessel with its bulkheads intact, manned by a crew that's not starving. Starving. It's easy. <laughs> but if we turn our backs on our principles, we stop being human. I'm putting an end to your experiments, and you are hereby relieved of your command. You and your crew will be confined to quarters. Please, show them leniency. They were only following my orders. Their mistake. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, badass there I would, for I, would lo- I know they went dark, but I would love to watch some episodes of, of just the Equinox doing their dirt. <laughs> I mean, before I they mean, get caught. Yeah, before yeah. they get caught. I would love because he just had, they were just so not Starfleet. Like, they were, he was they were just using so aliens passionate. for fuel, man. For fuel. Yeah, man. They were just <laughs> so crazy. for fuel. Like, you and know the some crazy. Look like them aliens from uh, the Independence Day movie, the one with Will Smith. Yes, yeah, they're just smaller versions of that's them, right? Sure. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, that's exactly what they With wings. Like. Yeah. You could just tell their parties were crazy because they didn't have a whole <laughs> 
So, they were probably getting high on space weave and doing all types of crazy They had their synaptic stimulator. They didn't even leave. Yeah, man. They were doing some crazy stuff on that ship. And you had Bolana's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, Max. Titus Wellover was in that one, right? Tom didn't like Max, boy. You had to tell him, stand down, stand down. He goes, what'd you call me? A patak? Yeah, I'm a patak. That's right. It's like the whole time Ransom never, like, backs down either. If I'm remembering correctly, he's just like, yeah, I did it. I did, I did it all. It. Yeah. It. And he reconfigured the doctor to be the evil Dr. Hyde. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> Mr. Oh, Jekyll. Yeah, man. That, was, that was scary because he, he became like Hyde. He, he just, started reprogramming Seven. Doctor. They were singing together. Remember that? They were the little, yeah. Yeah, oh. that was freaky. <laughs> that was some freaky craziness. I, I know. We're going home. I just love it. Great, great uh, casting. Very good. Uh, that was, was it Savage? Was the guy's name? Yeah, really yeah, great. Yeah, great. Uh, John yeah. Savage. John Savage. Oh, man, awesome. Good, good pick on that one. I did. For some, I don't know why they didn't make my top five, but it, it's on my honorable mentions. That's for sure. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that's cool. Anton, number two. My number two is uh, weirdly a season two episode. It's the thirty-seven. No, come on, Anton. No, man. Really? <laughs> no. This is this is where I draw the line, man. You said parallel. Draw the line. No. Thirty-sevens. The thirty. Okay. Oh you got an entire planet, right? <laughs> You got UFO aliens. Wait, didn't you talk about this on your podcast recently? I just listened to you guys talk no, no, about this I one. Brought, I haven't brought this one up yet. No. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> you've got you've got these aliens from what we consider Earthlings. We consider UFOs and stuff. Roswell, all that stuff. Right. Abductors, the abducting type of aliens, right? Yeah. And they're abducting World War II Japanese dudes. They're abducting uh, crazy stereotypical, uh, you know, what Japanese we... uh, fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's farmers and uh, and Amelia Earhart. Uh, and then Remember the asshole friend she had? The, another one with a friend zone. Right, right, right. He, he was and such that dude a dick. admits he loves her until the doctor like sews him up. He was such a dick. He held a gun to them. Yeah, he's like, go over there. You're, he's like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. It was like, <laughs> a little gun, yeah. Moments, right. though, because you, you you think about like they have 175 crew members on on Voyager at this point. And and they're like, okay, well, we could, you know, maybe some of them want to stay here, like because they they have these great cities. We don't get to see right. the cities, and they're nope. human. They're it's like a human they're colony, human. basically, yeah, it's, right? It's Earth, it's right. Earth too. It's yes. essentially what it is. Uh, and, and they and, never pick up anybody. You know, I was one failing for Voyager is as many people I, yeah. as they met. They always made them leave the people there. Like they never had it where. They would bring people back with them, like even when situations like that. I was like, oh, of course they want to go home. Re- like, of course the they want to go yeah. on the ship. Yeah, you can replenish the crew with that, but no, they never did it. And then, well, at the end, like you said, they, they, they Janeway offered anyone that wants to stay mm-hmm. be in the cargo bay, right? right. And, and then, and when she walks in, she gets all teary eyed because nobody's there. She did yeah. have a little moment there. She did tear up a little bit. You're right. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I thought it was a really interesting story because. So rarely, I mean, there was there's the Deep Space Nine episode with um, with Quark. Where, uh, where, where the Roswell thing, but right. so, so rarely do we see, uh, you know, any kind of, of parallels from from Earth history there with was aliens. The, the Enterprise and, episode, remember that one, the Western one, um, oh, yeah, you're North right, Star, right. North Star, or something like that, whatever, yeah. it was, not, something like that, whatever it was called. But but we don't yeah. get it often, and this is actually like what would happen, or what happened if we were if people were getting abducted. Right. Where were they going? We right. never get to see the aliens who are doing the abductions. They do a really good job of kind of obfuscating all of that and, and kind of just making it this fusion technology. And then we get these people who have gone missing, these, these abduction stories, whatever, and it's almost like a, um, like a Twilight Zone episode or, or like, a, like oh, a, yeah. an Outer Limits kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. 
it's a little bit silly, but at the same time, it's kind of cool historically if you're dealing with a show that's exploring space. This is finding people whose space came to before we left. So it's like this really interesting nod to, you know, prehistory for space travel. And I, and I kind of really liked that about it. No, it was definitely very good. So moving right along, Daryl, you got a hard out real quick. Um, just let's let, – if we can hear – let's see. I'm going to skip ahead. So my number two was Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So that's – we already talked about that at, at Nauseam. Great, great episode there. Daryl, since you have to leave, what was – I'm just going to jump ahead real quick. What was your number one? I'll, I'll Endgame. I mean that, End was, game. The, that okay. was when you really got everything. You got the friendships. You got the – you know, like you got how much they meant to each other. You got to see Janeway kind of question – was she right all these years to do it to make the decision that she made in the first episode? Like it, it all kind of yeah. was there. Yeah. Like it, it, uh, so it all worked for me. Like, That's I think it. that was a good finale. I think it, it really, you had the badass moments cause old, uh, older, uh, Janeway was a badass. She was great. Like, she, she was all, yeah. The Klingons didn't mess with her. The board, the board queen. Didn't she was like, I'm older. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Like, I, I don't give a damn about nothing. You That's don't it. tell me what to do. She either. slaps that little transporter thing. She's like, okay, fine. See you later. Yeah. She stole it. <laughs> she stole it. Said, it's fine. And, and then when she's on the shuttle, she like when they're shooting at her, she goes, oh, fine. What do you want? Like, she, yeah. <laughs> like open healing frequencies. What we do you want? We have Alana's daughter, who was right. who who a hothead. She was like, you know. Which, who you saw got born at the end of the episode. So, again, it tied a lot of stuff yeah. together. I mean, it's just really yeah. great, great ending. Yeah, I, I agree with that. they finally got home. Like, then, and then, you, you know. It was so, so quiet when they, it was a quiet moment when they got home, which we 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 just shared. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So, Daryl, listen, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate. It. I know you have a hard out, and we we yeah. extended our time a little bit. So, awesome, man. Thank you so much. We'll finish talking about Voyager in just a minute. Awesome, right. man. Thank you. Nice All day. right. So, getting back on track here uh, while Daryl leaves. Uh, let's see here. A number one episode, and that would be Russ. Go ahead. Uh, Year of Hell. That was that was my number one. Oh wow. Okay. Nice. All right, that's a, really so. That hmm, none of the Borg stuff for you, huh? No, I mean some of the. I mean, you know, <laughs> that was definitely good stuff. But right. Year of Hell for me was that. That was just. Uh, I I just I just thought it was a really really well done tense almost horror like episode, which mm-hmm. was just you know something that you don't see all the time in Star Trek. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just I, I good really acting like too. Again, Kurtwood Smith really you know did yeah. a great job with yeah. that. Yeah, it's you don't get that too often for two parters. So that was that was definitely good. All right, Anton, what was your number one Voyager episode? <laughs> um, okay, so it wasn't in the earlier season. <laughs> makes you makes you feel better. Um, <laughs> well, but it might be a little strange of a choice. I don't know, uh, yeah. but I'm going to float it. Season seven, okay, episode thirteen, prophecy. Prophecy. Oh, with the, the the Klingons. The Klingons, right? They find the Klingons traveling uh, deep, deep space. Right. Uh, they they're this crazy sect that believes that they're going to come across, uh, you know, their 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 savior, the Kubamak, um, that they're going to be able to find kind of this uh, this this golden child that will lead them to a new kind of age. Right. Uh, they're all infected with that neurovirus. The the Nourette or something. What it was? Yeah, right? the Nourette yeah. virus that kills mm-hmm. them. Um, if they don't die in battle, they die, uh, you know, an unhonorable death. Right. I'm a big fan of the Klingons in the first place. Um, I like the 
the whole thing where Tom ha- has some pretty decent because I, up until you know you get into the later seasons, I wasn't a big fan of Paris. Uh, he really irritates me. I feel like he was Zach Morris in space. Um, so I mean, that's just kind of how he comes off. He, just he, he was a little cocky in the first couple of seasons. You're right. He was a little arrogant. Yeah. But it's not in that Riker way. It's almost like 70s porn star. It's more uh, he's got <laughs> that like kind of swarthy kid that took my lunch money kind of vibe. Uh, so so I just, almost I never... almost like Cadet Marseille, right? Oh, no, it was not, not Marseille. Yes, what was his name? It was uh, Locarno. Locarno, right? That was it. It was. Yeah, from the TNG episode. Yeah, you feel like he's just gonna steal your your stuff. Um, <laughs> but when he when you know when, when he starts to kind of go into dad mode, I feel like he he kind of he gets the haircut, his face gets a little rounder, um, and he definitely starts to feel more like a like a mature character. And in this one, I, mm. I think it's good. He kind of stands up for his lady, uh, gets into a fight with a Klingon, which is an awesome thing. Kim has that whole romantic interlude with the. The Klingon woman. Who I'm I forgot unfairly. about that. That was funny, though. You're right. I did forget about that. And then Neelix that. ends up hooking up with her. He loved it. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> Which I would have... I, I mean, me and Neelix, man, I, just Klingon women are wonderful things. Hubba hubba. Uh, Let's bring it on. That's it. I'm a big fan. So I just... I really like the episode because it has a... You know, it, it plays a lot into the Klingon culture, uh, even though this is like this weird sect that's been out there for like four generations. So they're very far removed from what we know as Klingon society. They still have the same like ingrained cultural rules. They have the same behavior patterns. Uh, they're very much Klingon, um, Klingon yes. without Federation ties to them. Right. And that kind of um, space Viking ruthlessness, that Genghis Khan kind of in space thing, I, I love. So I just thought it was a fun episode. It's one of my absolute favorites. I always I, I bring it up often um, because it, it just stands out to me as a really fun episode uh and it's why i love trek it's because you get these little kind of condensed bottle episodes like this that some of the things that are going on you know pregnancy some of the the inner political crap it carries over from episode to episode but this story you know it, it's wrapped up neatly in uh you know in what 45 minutes um and yeah. i just think it's masterfully done it's it's one they, of my favorites and to expand on that so i've been playing the star trek online the uh the mmo nice and uh, the 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 savior child, uh, you know, Tom and Balana's daughter, like the Kuvamach. <laughs> yes, she she appears uh, in in the game, and there's there's an actual storyline that's, that's multiple awesome. episodes that deals specifically with her and you know Klingons wanting to you know either you know get her to to raise her up or to to bring her down and so there's like i don't know it's like three or four episodes of the game where you actually interact with her and uh and it kind of carries that story forward so. what is her name anyway do we get a name for her the first name oh they i mean she was born right at the end of the series do we ever know what her name was? i don't think they mentioned her it's, name in the series got you. Okay. yeah okay i mean they called her like ensign paris or something i know that that's what Janeway referred to her as when right. she was dealing with her in Endgame, but I don't know if she had a first name or not. Okay. Well, interesting. No, that's a good... You know, that's really... A, it is a good one. Uh, you're right. They did respect... Uh, did Ronald D. Moore write this one? I wonder um, if it was him or not. I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Not, I, honestly, yeah. I do not know who wrote the episode. Because uh, they, they definitely stayed true to all the Klingon that we had up to this point. Like, they didn't go off in some weird direction with it. Like, you're right. They stayed very true to the Klingon... You know, and we've seen Klingon religious sects before, like the ones that created the the clone emperor. We've seen, you know, there's there's other. And little... all, there's a lot of stuff with Kalos, and and I mean, yeah, there, we see it a lot. And and the problem I think with a lot of modern Klingon stuff, even in the comics and things, is they change it a little bit to kind of meet more modern convention. But I felt like this was one of the last times we get to see Klingons in, on TV that really spoke to 
kind of how they were in TNG, kind of how they were in DS9, like the that warrior spirit that that was really there. I, I love everything about that. Um, right. It just makes me happy. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't. And I love how Voyager kind of easily defeated the ship because it was so old. Like, well, they, they blew it up. They blew up well, their ship. They self-destructed it, but I mean, they found it. The cloaking device was so old, well, they yeah. just they pierced that no problem. They said, all right, we'll just, you know, <laughs> it was no match for them, basically. And, and you know it's a huge deal because the Klingons actually gave up the fight, which you wouldn't normally see, but the Klingons were even like, you know what, we're not even going to, we're not even going to fight you because you are just outgunning us, so it's cool, it's whatever. Um, I. Yeah. It's good. They bring them all over, uh, right. then, and they do that one thing where they try to like take over the ship, and right. Janeway still manages to kick all their tails uh, on the bridge <laughs> and, and get her ship back. And she's just like, "Be my people back aboard, please." Like that was her line. It's like, "Bring my people back." I think is what she says. Um, so do you do you believe that that the baby was the prophesized child? Then I guess I mean it, it was not really clear. You can interpret it that way, but she did save that group of people. So I mean. I mean, I think history is written by the victors. Uh, yeah. I think it goes for folklore and mythology as well. I think if you, if you told, uh, you know, if some guy walked out right now and said, "Hey, I'm uh, my blood type is is got some sort of um, some sort of anticoagulant virus, something or other in it," and if you take my blood and synthesize it and start injecting it into people, it'll cure them of the common cold or cancer. In a hundred years, that guy's going to be viewed as some sort of messiah. Um, and that's essentially what happened in the baby because the baby had human stem cells. They were able to find a workaround uh, because it was human uh, Klingon right. hybrid. Yep. So they found a workaround for the virus and they injected it in all the Klingons and they didn't die. Um, so, you know, especially with the, the verbosity that comes with the Klingon culture, I feel like they would easily have told drunken stories and uh, written amazing chanting songs about the child. And, uh, and right. you know... It saved them, so technically, yes, it was a savior. Right, I mean, that group anyway. I mean, yeah. you're right. So it's interesting how it looks at it. Man, the humans keep saving the Klingons. We, we, we did it with, with the, with mm-hmm. the Kuvamak, with the Augments. I mean, we just yeah, right? they need our, need our DNA, man. They just need us to, to keep them going, I guess. I mean, Muriel. Muriel Parrish, that was her name. Muriel Paris? Muriel Paris, yeah, that was her name Mir- in the game. Muriel, okay. Yeah. I don't know if that was ever mentioned on the show. I mean, I'm sure it's canon somewhere. I just never know if it was ever mentioned. Yeah. Well, cool stuff. My number one. Again, we talked about it, and it was the same as Daryl. Uh, Endgame, parts one and two. That's that's it. It's the best episode of or two part episode or whatever of Voyager there is. It just it ties every thread up perfectly, and it's just a great story in and of itself. The whole thing with the Borg and the the the, the trans warp hubs and all this. I mean, just so much. It was so rich. There was so much stuff going on there. What I I'll, I'll talk about this with the Borg too. I mean. There was some two-parters in there, like Unimatrix Zero. I wasn't too fan of, too big of a fan of, right. and that Dark Frontier because it kind of neutered the Borg a little bit and made them almost something that that Voyager can play with. But this episode, the Borg was still pretty powerful. The only way you got past them was with the, with the thirty-year-ahead technology that the Janeway from the future brought. You know, those, those special shields and the deflector stuff and the special weapons, and you know, that's the only way they got past those those cubes. But I thought anyway, it was just a great great episode of Voyager and it really it's a great way to end the story and, and you really feel emotional at the end you to see the ship come home and you even saw it from two perspectives you saw the alternate universe where they go underneath the San Francisco bridge and you see the uh, the Golden Gate there and the fireworks are going off and then you see the real way it happened where they just appear in the middle of a freaking Borg sphere I mean <laughs> that they blow up from the inside out I mean it's crazy but it's oh, just I mean, a great episode get, yeah. you get that really awesome moment between uh, Paris and the Doctor where he's like, um, 
something to the effect of like it took you 20 years to come up with joe or it took you yes 30 yes. years because the doctor calls himself joe <laughs> joe in, in the alternate <laughs> universe in, in the right yeah. in, the, in the in the pre yeah yeah, yeah. he goes it took you 30 years to come up with joe years. like that like yeah that's so it, funny. I just, it's a fun moment um because I, I, I do like the doctor i do i like the doctor a lot. and he gets married too like this hot blonde yeah. which is not a hologram yeah. he's like wait wait you're real <laughs> yeah i don't know how that's gonna work but okay and we see Barkley teaching at the academy. Look, yep. that's, and that's pretty cool, too. Uh, Harry's got a spa- uh, starship, doesn't he? He's like a captain. Harry is the captain of the Rhode yeah. Island. Rhode yeah. Island, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and then and then Tuvok is like a mental case. He's got some neurological disorder, and he's going nuts, right, scribbling out his manifesto in Vulcan. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, it was, just, it was great. It was great. And then I guess there was a lot of problems people had with, with the Chakotay 7 and 9 thing. Like That was, I think... The only problem with this episode, some super fans had. They said, "Come on, that's not real." It just they threw it on us. So, you know, we never saw this before. And well, I think there was a lot of push to continue uh, a new because there was nothing in the gun to make another uh, Trek series after this one. Well, no, I, I heard they were tearing down the sets of Voyager and putting up the Enterprise sets right away. Like they they had Enterprise ready to go at this point. But uh, from what I had been told, and and this has been like stuff I've picked up at cons and you know, drunken ramblings of fans and things like that. Okay, is that there was um there was a lot of talk of doing uh, Chakotay uh, having his own ship and continuing on a different series. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So and with Seven of Nine being such a marketing phenomenon, I mean, I remember being in Boy Scouts um and being uh, like an I mean, I've always been a hardcore Trek fan. Um, I mean, like my wheelchairs when I was a kid. Uh. Some wheelchair bound. So my wheelchairs when I was a kid had track emblems and stuff on it. Okay. Like I'm just a, I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> but I remember being in the Scouts and being on camping trips and stuff. And uh, kids who were playing Magic the Gathering, kids who were playing D&D, uh, zero interest in women. Um, <laughs> when Seven of Nine came on the scene, uh, it was like the most eye-opening, liberating experience. It's like somebody pulled up <laughs> one of those vans with a, the Viking and the chainmail bikini-clad woman on the side of it. You know, it, was, it was the awakening. Um, Hormones are raging. Right, exactly. And it, and it hit everybody. I mean, the guy that played football, uh, you know, me, the, the, the kid that was knee-deep in, you know, Douglas Adams books, all of us were just like, that's, that's interesting, and I don't know why. Uh, but, but I must find out more. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, seven or nine definitely uh, took uh, took the, the geekdom by storm. I think when yeah. uh, she was introduced. I mean, more so than you know, even Dax did. Oh, um, absolutely. Because yeah. she was just uh, it was it was something new. You know, I think it had to do with the bodysuit or something. Probably. Yeah, and they carried that bodysuit over to Enterprise with T'Pol. I mean, they yes. just had to, they kept that going. It was just they had to keep it keep it there. You need your space eye candy. That's it. Exactly. That's what it is. Keep keep the keep the geeks happy. Yep. So uh, good good talk, guys. I really enjoyed going back in time with Voyager. I did have a couple of honorable mentions. Um, I'm sure you guys did too. I just want to go over just a couple of those real quick. They didn't make the top five. Um, Someone to watch over me, which is a really cute one. With a doctor, kind of falls in love with Seven, teaching her how to be more social, how to go right, on her dates and stuff. Episode. Yeah, just a really good episode. It was, I, I guess it was a bottle episode, but it really yep. just was good. And I think um, Robert Duncan McNeil directed that one, too. Uh, so it really was good. It was just a really good one for me. I liked the Hope and Fear. Uh, that was a good with the season five ender, I believe it was, or season four. I think it was a season four uh, closer, I believe it was, Hope and Fear. Equinox, again, definitely made my honorable mention. It didn't make my top five, but it was a great one. Right. Counterpoint was one that I also loved a lot. Do you guys remember that one where um, that alien uh, they, they keep searching the ship for holog- uh, for like telepaths or whatever, and and she kind of falls in love with him, but he he betrays them at the end. It's uh, 
I'm trying to think if you guys remember that one. That was a really good one. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was. It was. Yeah. They like they all the telepaths go in like transporter stasis and they hide mm. them when the ship is searched every day or so. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm, remember yeah. that? And then this guy pretends to defect over to Voyager, but then in reality he's still working for for his his people. I, I thought that I was don't a pretty good one. That one. Yeah, it's called Counterpoint. It was it was pretty good. Pathfinder was up there as well. Okay. For me, the one with Barkley uh oh, finding yeah. finding yeah. the way. Um yeah, that was a really good one for me. The the one I always I mean half joking, it was not a good episode at all. Yeah. But um but in in season 6, uh Sunkatse, which <laughs> I mean the the rock that was like his start of his transition away from wrestling into Hollywood and yep. he hadn't really done much at that point but he did a guest stint on uh on that episode and basically played himself and didn't really have much to say so like he was he did throw a little alien makeup on him but it was very light yeah. like it was still he, he still, still had did the like, eyebrow the, right did the eyebrow thing. move yeah. exactly yeah that was a pretty good one Sunkatse. And that's where uh, who's the guy that plays Martok? Right? Didn't he? Didn't he train? He trained uh, seven to nine how to fight, right? Yeah. yeah. But he he was a Herogen though. Was it? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hertzler. Yeah. JG Hertzler. Yes. Was in that one. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. I did like that one actually. That wasn't bad. Yeah, good stuff. Did you guys have any other honorable mentions that didn't make your top five but were close? Uh, Barge of the Dead. Definitely. So you like you like the Klingon? Okay, I get it. Yeah, I'm a, I, I see yeah, a theme. I, I, I see Klingon. a theme. All right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, Birds of the Dead was definitely there. I mean, it was uh, it was up there. I think it's a, the pacing is really kind of poorly done on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like the whole um, you know where Bolana is is, is uh, she sees all like the visions and the right. it doesn't happen, but it happens. And like, what is the nature of reality? I I, I mean, and then. Um, Tinker Tenor Doctor Spy is definitely on my runner-up list as well. I, that <laughs> how how could it not be, right? How could the- <laughs> Basics was one I had uh, just because the cliffhanger of them you being stranded on the planet and, the, and Voyager being taken, and you're just like, well, what? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And that was Michael Piller wrote that one. That was like the last episode he wrote, I believe, for the, for the series. Yeah. For Star Trek, I believe. I think that was it. Yeah. And then I didn't know if we could do two partners or not. So Unimatrix, of course. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, so if we could, I didn't, I'm sorry if that threw you off. If we could, would that be in your top five? Oh, or no? yeah, yeah, yeah. So hold on a second. So Unimatrix, you you like that's that's up there for you? That oh up. yeah, Unimatrix have probably been my probably been my my two. Honestly. Really? Yeah, I really. I mean, I, it's Klingons, man. Um, and I just like uh, oh, like uh, Karaka, whatever his name was, or yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 getting to see the the board kind of um, what they would do in their like the alternate reality the drone part um, all of it just it's all right. To me. You you you're probably the only person that could probably answer this for me. Then maybe you can answer answer this for me. How did all right? If seven and nine had the anomaly, right? So she did live that alternate life. How come she, it never manifested itself until uh, what was his name? Her boyfriend in there decided to let her back in like who who controls unimatrix zero that's what i was trying to figure out like see i think I, okay and i've thought about this and right. it, it's gonna sound kind of weird um and it's kind of a fan theory just just so hear me out i think unimatrix okay. zero is kind of a an analog for um for what we would consider like a, a deity uh i think unimatrix mm-hmm. zero is is not controlled by anybody i think it's almost like a ghost in the machine um so it's like because I don't think the queen controls it. No, um, I think that uh, it's it's a consciousness that maybe doesn't even understand itself, 
or maybe is so primal uh, that it kind of gives uh, impressions more than anything else out there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, you know, looking at it, kind of seeing how it works, it's almost like an analog for like a god. Um, so they they kind of leave it open ended because they don't want to answer the question like who is it, um, and and I kind of almost like it more that way because we don't know. I just I just it's weird how if she was a drone, she was part of that little minority that could go in her dream state, go to Unimatrix Zero, fine. Right. But between the time she gets deborgified and she becomes human again somewhat, and the time this episode happens, how come she can't still go back to Unimatrix Zero? What changes there where she can finally start dreaming again and going back there? Like what flipped? I mean, they, it, yeah. could it be it could it be something as simple and I know this is probably gonna sound weird, but could it be something as simple as a patch update that just takes forever to download? I mean, okay, so something, so her, her software got updated or something, and she got able to go back to that that realm again or something. I mean, because she's she's you are. I mean, we're in season six at the point that this happens, right? right. We're, we're we're at the end of season six, beginning of season seven. She's finally getting into the habit of taking like self care because when we first get introduced to seven or nine, no self care is involved. Mm-hmm. So she's not sleeping. She's not really going to a rejuvenation chamber. She's bucking at the doctor constantly. Mm, true. Yeah. Uh, she's she, so she's finally getting into a point where she's achieving REM sleep where she's you know she's actually taking downtime where she's engaging in activities that the human mind uh, even if with all its board enhancements that are still in there even with all the you know the, the board pieces that are still inside of her um, whatever synapses that does or does not control because we don't know what kind of micro uh, programming is still inside of her brain right she's finally being able to access it but she's accessing it a heck of a lot slower because she's more human than bored now so if she's taking all of this time to kind of reset herself um, on a human timeline, it could have just taken this long for her to actually be able to trigger that as a point, yeah. you know, something that might have happened instantaneously if she was still in a cube or you know, hooked up to her pods or what have you. No, it definitely makes sense. There's a lot of those series. I just think they, they, they got around that point a little too easily. Like it, it just it just that that plot point stuck in my brain. It's like, okay, how is she finally going here? And but I guess like you said, something could have switched off on her head or but the the way they wrote it, it made it seem like Axum was seeking her out because they were under attack from the queen. Like that's what it sounded like. It was no, almost no, and like, it comes off that way. And I mean, I, I would agree as a writer, I would agree that it's lazy writing. Okay. Um, that's I'll, I'll talk it up to that then too. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that it's lazy writing. I think it's a door that was left open for further exploration. Um, I just I don't like they, when the Borg is neutered. I don't like when they when they make it too easy to just defeat the Borg or they, they go around these little plot points because the Borg consciousness in and of itself is a pretty daunting thing to think of. Right? Oh, I mean, it's terrifying. It's right. Ter- I mean, okay, so I grew up in a medical environment. So I'm used to being uh, full of medical devices, you know, uh, IVs, mm-hmm. uh, electronodes, things stuck in, in my body that, you know, I, I don't necessarily want there. Um, I'm, I'm used to that kind of thing. So the Borg already terrify me on a very primal level. Uh, they're one of my favorite um, villains in all of, of media. I think they're they're scary because we don't – I mean they can adapt to everything we throw at them. Uh, they have a hive mind, but they're still kind of controlled. Um, they, they're very singular in what they're trying to do, and they quote-unquote take the best of whatever they're in, in, you know, assimilating and, um, and elevating. Uh, that's, that's a really scary thing to think no, of. No, it is. They're yeah. making Shimra of people. Um, you know, they're, they're doing this really strange combination thing. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, um, just emphatically to the wall. I, I do not like to see when they are downgraded because I don't think that that's, um, that's doing them any justice. And I honestly think that it takes away from some of the 
canonical things that happen in Shrek. Right. Where we have our heroes come through and defeat the Borg. That's like a hell of a win. It's I mean, way it's a, too it just even one cube or one sphere should be a, a daunting, total deadly thing to Voyager, and they end up kind of like hand, handling them like it's no big thing. Now, I, again, Seven of Nine is helping them, obviously, so there is they do have a little bit of a leg up than let's say the Enterprise D had or you know other things. But the other problem with this episode too, uh, with the Borg, real quick, lazy writing. I remember now as you were talking when that first drone is uh, in front of the Queen. Right. And and she disconnects him. Well, first of all, we've established that the board can't disconnect each other. Okay, fine. I guess the the queen can, right? Okay. But then he says, I don't know. Well, I thought, wait, wait. He uses the eye, yeah. Right, exactly. Wait, wait, wait. We had a whole episode of Next Generation where they, you know, <laughs> I Borg, right? You can't say I unless you're, like, free and you're on your own, right? So that was... Since you bring it up, I mean, and I totally, I'm, I'm right there. I love, <laughs> that bring, I love that you're such a Trek fan. This makes me so happy to have this Oh, yeah. Up. Um, I don't even realize we're still recording. It's just so much fun for me. Well, that's uh, the whole point. Yeah, that's what we do, man. <laughs> so, so, so remember uh, in uh, so the part two, right? Um, which is the, the the start of season seven, right? They 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 kill him for not revealing the facts about the Unimatrix Zero. Mm-hmm. They disassemble him, yeah, and then his his, his node is examined, right? His I head is on a pike. His head is like on a stick, yeah. Right, but there would be no reason for her to examine it because everything's already in the Borg SI network. So she's already <laughs> she's locked in. She would be able to read him hub-wise without having to disassemble him. Right. Uh, so that means that the queen is showing uh, an emotional reaction, uh, and the Borg is saying, I, 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 I rewatched it recently. Right, and that was just, so it's just, it just totally undoes everything. Because if you, you can go back to the uh, episode The Gift, when right. Seven of Nine is transitioning into an individual, she keeps saying, we... This this drone, let us go. We need to. So she uses the right pronouns there, and and um, you know, whereas it, they they messed it up on this one, big time. And and they try to like renege it by by doing the whole uh, individuality virus, right? They're blaming Janeway for it. The Queen's blaming the the, the virus. Fine, um, okay, right. And, but it doesn't make sense because if it was an individuality virus, they would have been able to react to it quickly. And just uh, dropped the drones that had it immediately because these are computers. They're thinking quicker than we could ever perceive. Right. So they would have been able to just get rid of it. I, I it, it does neuter the board very much. Right. Uh, now and there was, was some cool stuff too, like when when the queen, you know, um, she destroyed like several vessels because one or two indiv- one or two drones dropped off the network. Right. That was pretty cool. Like you just you know you see this ship go along, although some camera over there watching a ship, and then boom, it blows up. Like okay, that's that's you know, bye, see you later. I'll I'll just self destruct some cubes today. Thank you very much. Let's see ya. <laughs> see ya. No, it's good stuff. I, I yeah. do. I love the board. They're so great. No, the Borg are great. And then Dark Frontier again. That that two parter was cool too. Except oh, yes. you know, again, it, it, it made them a little bit too vulnerable as far as I'm concerned. Where they're actually going, they're going to attack a board ship and, and steal technology from it. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you have to. I don't feel like they were ever desperate enough, or at least we were as an audience. I right. don't think we were ever shown uh, the crew being desperate enough for somebody to go, hey, you know, it'd be a great idea. Let's go attack a board ship. Yeah. Like that, that could be fun. Right. That almost borders on um, on suicidal. Like that's just a it, little bit insane. It, it just was a little nuts. I mean, they could have did that differently too. Oh, and then getting back to Unimatrix Zero again, where they, where they actually assimilated the captain is in the board. I mean, come on now. How do they. Uh, <laughs> and, and she's conscious the whole time because the doctor gave her like this sedative thing to keep. Uh, and this, this, you know, um, this uh, thing to keep her awake. It's like, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. So she's being transformed into a robot. She can feel everything. It's like, wait, uh, Tuvok and, and, and Bellana are borgified and then they're okay they're, they're unborgified at the end of the episode okay it's fine it's like everybody every all is well it ends well 
Very strange. Just yeah, very weird it, episode. It, yeah. it almost feels like, I mean, I feel like they were trying to create something that may or may not have been a script for a feature. Okay. I mean, that was pretty cool. I mean, and it's a cliffhanger. You're seeing Janeway getting assimilated. But they didn't, I mean, I don't know. That's just, <laughs> it's just they pushed a little too far with that one. I think that was a little, a little crazy. But anyway, listen, we all have our opinions. That's what makes it interesting. But Voyager was a great show, and I'm really glad that the three of us can get together. To, uh, actually, the four of us can get together and talk about this tonight. Um, where can our listeners find uh, and listen to us talk about other things besides Trek? Russ, what have you been working on lately where our listeners can hear you or see you? Oh, same old, same old. Uh, HHWLOD.com. Uh, you can check it out there. I uh, When Fear the Walking Dead is gone and Walking Dead is, is back, I will be back. I can't seem to... <laughs> I can't seem to get it together to catch up with Fear the We were busting Dead. your chops. I think Daryl and I were saying, you know, these guys, man, they can't stick with us. They, they, they're uh, You, Jim, they're all falling off fear. You know, we, we were busting your chops on that one. I, You know, it's, it's funny because I it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I have yet to watch one episode of Fear the Walking Dead. It's not even a matter of wow. like, hey, I was watching it and I fell off. I just never got on it and keep saying I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, and then just I just don't get to it. Well, so. we're, 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 we are sticking it through. We have a yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're, we're we're holding it out there. Even some of the I have fans' good intentions. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 tough. But you're right. I can't wait till the regular one comes back and you jo- rejoin the show. So yes, I can't wait yeah. till that happens. It'll be great. Good stuff. And then yeah, it's all connected. The Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast at HHWLOD, uh, and then you know specials will pop up and do stuff like this. And uh, cool. over at the Terrell Network. Uh, the Taylor Network of Podcasts. It is the uh, D- Daryl Taylor Network of Podcasts, yeah. right? That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do Gotham by Geeks with uh, with Daryl and then uh, Chris Such Campbell a great and Mike show. Myers. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. A I, I was listening to that, too. That was a good one. You're right. Yeah. yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. So, yeah, that's 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 about it for me. Excellent. And, Anton, where can our listeners find you? You're on Dork Trek. Is that right? I am on Dork Trek, dorktrek.com. Um, that is the only cast I am currently doing. Uh, but I'm always happy to join anybody for good conversation. Thank you. Well, the next one we're going to do is going to be on Star Trek Enterprise. So you're welcome to join us for that. Oh, that would be delightful. I'd love to. Just All right. Let me know when. So same thing. Just top five. We'll do some trivia. Have some fun. I'll definitely let you know when. And, uh, you know, we're doing this in honor of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Just looking back. And I think it's been a, it's been a really fun journey for all of us because before these these podcasts were all kind of rewatching the show on Netflix and you know falling in love with it again and picking our top five and it's just a great experience to go back to some of this great trek that we have out there and it's so easy to get to now which is amazing so, so um, yeah it is fun so uh, great if you want to listen to me I'm the host of the Auto Chat Show autochatshow.com uh, uh, and then facebook.com forward slash show. me and my co-host Teddy review new cars and have fun and uh, talk about everything automotive and it's uh, a lot of news out there and a lot of cool stuff so it's uh, if you not even if you're a car nut or not check it out we have a, it's just a really fun and uh, lighthearted show that we have about cars and and uh, I'm also the host of the HHWLOD Walking Dead TV podcast, and I have been sticking it out on Fear as well. So we're doing uh, each episode of Fear of the Walking Dead. We're doing a podcast as well as The Walking Dead. So we're kind of on a 16-week run right now where we're uh, just covering the show and kind of doing an episode synopsis, and it's been a lot of fun. So uh, uh, definitely check us out there on the HHWLOD network. So, folks, uh, once again, thanks for joining us for Star Star Trek Voyager, and uh, we'll see you soon. The next episode we're going to be doing, like I said, is going to be on Star Trek Enterprise, or just Enterprise, depending on how you want to look at it. But it should be a fun one. Russ, I hope you can join us for that one, too. Uh, Yeah, depending on when it is, I I should be around. Excellent. We'll definitely get you circled in on that. So, folks, thanks. And from the Delta Quadrant, signing off. Take care, folks. 